And we're back to Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for tuning in. Time for a little instruction, as we do, one day a week. Although we did a little instruction um, yesterday with uh, Keith Stewart. I actually brought up some of uh, Tiger Woods, uh, his old swings, going back to 2000 and 2013, showing you some of the differences. I made a post about Tiger Woods. And I said, look, I hope I hope when we see Tiger at the Hero World Challenge that we see a golf swing that resembles and looks more like he used to back in 2000. And even in the Haney days, even though he was rotating the shaft and face a little bit different than seeing a Tiger when we saw like in 2013, you know, when his body did start to break down. But he really did take on a different type of uh, golf swing. And of course. As always, there was a lot of pushback. Travis, Tiger can't swing like he used to. He's not capable of swinging like he used to when he was younger. Yeah, I get that. Like, it's not going to be as dynamic, as strong, as powerful, as agile. Like, none of us can do what we did when we were, you know, 20, 21. Like, I get that. My point, though, is that when you look at some of the components in the way that Tiger's swing was built, through his youth, and I think even into Butch Harmon and some of his principles. Those were some of the specific things that that I was hoping to see, like width. Width, his hands kind of out away from his chest a little bit more. Not so much his hand path traveling in and deep early, like we saw in 2013. Hands a little bit further away, wider width in the first move. With that, Movement into his right side. Let things kind of flow into your right foot. So as I start to turn back, I can feel some early shift into my right side. And as I turn, like this is accumulating over into my right foot. I'm moving into my right side, and then I move back to my left side. He did that in spades when he was younger. He did that with Butch. He did that with Hank. He did that as he came back. Uh, and, and kind of put the pieces together with Chris Como, but he wasn't doing that in 13. He was, his hand path was more in and you could see him kind of hanging left with his weight into the left side. The other thing I wanted to see is taller. Like I wanted to see him not only wide and moving into his right side, but just taller. Like Tiger in his day as he was turning and loading and he had all this width and this huge turn, he would, he would stay tall. He's up here. And then he can move back to his left and he can kind of, you know, crunch and sit and turn and hit and do all those things on the downswing and go find it. Tiger wasn't doing that in 2013. Hand path went in. He was hanging left. His head was starting to drop in the backswing. And so those are kind of the specific things, a few of them that, that I was kind of referring to and I think were some of the key components and of the DNA of Tiger Woods. So here we have it. We pull up Tiger And for those that are just listening, I've got Tiger up from yesterday. And so there's the first move. Yeah, he's moving into his right side. 
he looks wide. His hands are kind of out in front of him. This is not the best camera angle. I did see some others. But I can confirm that, look, he, he had some width. He, he was moving into his right side, and I think he was staying pretty tall. I think the tall part in keeping this thing probably lengthened out will be the hardest part for him. You know, I do think his swing, if he can continue to play and get into shape and be limber and, and get reps, I, I do think his swing probably will continue to lengthen out. Um, but it's not going to be the old Tiger. I mean, he's not going to turn like we, we we saw before. I mean, I, I showed a video yesterday with Keith. I mean, this backswing was, it just gave you goosebumps just looking at it. But I like it. You know, I like what I was seeing with Tiger. I I, I like the... Like you can see that little early pressure shift into the right foot, hands good width out away from the chest, left arm kind of working on top of the pec. And so I think it's a good sign. I mean, I give that swing, if you relate them to all the other things, I give that swing probably uh, an A minus. You know, I think as he as he works the rust off, as he gets reps and, and his body starts to move and he's walking and all those things, I, I can see him getting this thing probably a little bit longer at the top. Um, staying tall, getting loaded, you know, lengthening this out probably just a little bit more at the top. And I think as he does that, it'll give him a little bit more time in transition to probably smooth out a little bit of what he does in transition and and and, and go in to find it. So I, I think it's a it's a wonderful sign. And they were all of the things that I was hoping to see. And, and that's what I was kind of referring to in the post. My my post wasn't about, hey, I hope Tiger um, is hitting it. You know, he, he's swinging 130 miles an hour. And he's just got this crazy flexibility and explosiveness and using the ground like crazy like he did when he was twice. No, that's not, that's not what I'm after. Some width, some movement into his right side, taller. I think as he continues to do those things, I think he'll, he'll that thing will probably continue to lengthen out. And then from there, I think he'll probably have time where the whole thing just kind of smooths out a little bit more. Um, it won't be kind of borderline, maybe short and quick, you know, in transition, which I think um, is is as expected. <laughs> you know, I think it's as expected when you're when you're working yourself back. So I, I was really I was really pleased. Um, from what I saw with Tiger Woods, and we're gonna we're gonna bring in Dennis Sales here in a minute. He'll be joining me uh, momentarily. I want to get Dennis's thoughts on what he 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 saw with uh, Tiger Swing, and some of his thoughts on uh, just kind of Tiger over the years. Really, I'm excited to get Dennis on. He doesn't do a lot of these. Dennis is a uh, I've known him for for a long time, uh, very qualified teacher, and I think has really elevated his uh, his game in the world of social media. He's he's posting out a lot of great stuff. Smart guy. Um, really dialed in with, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the technical side of the game. You know, he, he spent the time on really understanding, um, a lot of this technology. You know, you go to Aimpoint. I think he was one of the first to, to do the Aimpoint certification. Gears is, is one of the top 3D systems that we'll ask him about. Sam Putt Lab, fantastic putting system. Uh, Megza, uh, is a, is a machine that, um, Mike Bender was was behind. It's kind of a cool piece of technology that you can use indoors. Of course, TrackMan, AMM, GC Quad. I mean, he's got it all covered, folks. He, he's checked a lot of boxes, smart guy. And uh, I want to get his thoughts today, as he'll be uh, jumping in here in a minute, on uh, a number of things, really. Not, not, just, uh, not just Tiger. He posted a video about Tommy Fleetwood that I want to ask him about. Some interesting things there. Uh, Tommy 
Obviously a wonderful ball striker, terrific short game. I want to talk about that with him. I want to ask him a little bit about some lead arm discussion. There's some specific components that that I want to get to today that we spend time on. And I want to get his thoughts on how he manages, let's say, lead arm depth. Uh, lead arm and how much the lead arm is working around you versus up and down. I, I made another post about Minwoo Lee that, you know, I mean, my goodness. Um, it was amazing the feedback really that I got about Min Woo Lee when he was younger versus um, what we're seeing in today's game from him. And his lead arm is definitely more upright. His club shaft is definitely more laid off. So I want to talk about lead arm depth and, and managing that with the pitch of the shaft. Um, I want to talk about uh, managing side bend. You know, there's another guy that we're going to look at here today. I'm bringing in uh, Wills Altoris' swing. Wills in the field of the challenge. And here's a guy that takes on a lot of late side bend to the right. There's a lot of guys that have done that over the years. It's very difficult on the back. And so I'm very curious to watch Wills Altoris this week hit a driver from face on full speed. I want to see what that looks like. And I want to talk to Dennis about it um, as well and managing side bend and, and spine angle and what that means um, to the different patterns that we see. So we're going to cover a lot of ground here, folks, uh, looking at some some swings, but also just some some generic components as well in addition to his background um, in the world of technology. So without further ado, let's bring him in. Man, Dennis Sells.
think we got it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. You see me? Uh, yes, sir. All right. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Good. Flip that thing. Horrible. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Oh, man, I just tore apart my, my clay so you get to see the back half of it. That's fine. <laughs> Love it. How you doing, man? Good, good, man. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. You're up, are you up in, in uh, the Northeast? Uh, I'm in Texas. You're in Texas, okay. Plus. Yeah. Used to be in the Northeast. Yeah. Moved out here a, a, a while ago. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen you. Yeah, it has. It has. Uh, you, did, ooh, you used to do the old golfing machine days, right? Yeah, still yeah. do it. I like it. Yeah, because I, I remember you and I, I think I, I saw you at a couple different ones, you know, back, I mean, long time ago. Long time ago. I think the last time I saw you in person is we were chatting about me coming to work for you at one of your uh, academies. Yeah. That was. Gosh, that feels like a lifetime ago at uh, the tour academy days. I was like back in 08, 09, I think, wasn't it? I think that was like one of the last times I might have seen you at the PGA show. But like yeah. outside of that, yeah, what about that? Man, time flies, man. It, it's crazy. <sighs> it does fly. It really does. Well, I, I'm, I'm loving your stuff, man. I, I feel like um, things are looks like they're going well on your end, and love to uh, to dig in um, mm-hmm. a little bit. I I don't know if you saw. I I, I already shot an intro, so I it, I'm gonna just bring you in. Kind of, it's we're not recording quite yet, but I wanted to. Um, I don't know, cover, I just kind of, I like keep it fast paced and kind of try to touch on a number of things, you know, like I had, I can, here's tiger swing from yesterday. Like, um, you know, so kind of, we'll kind of kick around tiger and, you know, wills back. Love to ask you about the, the side bend, you know, management and kind of some things that you've, you've ran across and, you know, and these, these players take on all that late side bend, you know, coming Mm -hmm. down. Um, you know, another one in social is like the people, like the lead arm depth discussion. Yeah. Um, you know, I think like JT, young JT, new, like, you know, um, more yeah. current JT. And the new JT is very interesting. I, I don't know. Does he still work with his dad or? Uh, it's, it's off and on, I think. Yeah. Cause I know he, uh, he stopped working with, um, JG, I thought, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, they stopped. Yeah, I thought I saw something come through. Yeah, like that. Um, yeah I don't know. Like, I, I figured, like, we'll just talk about some like specific components, yeah. you know, and like kick it around, like how you kind of manage that. I like to, because I know you work with some serious golfers, right? So, like, you have you have a lot of good players, and yeah, and how that discussion in plan might be a little different from. Just like a, ca- a casual golfer, you know, like yeah, yeah. that needs direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a lot of them need direction. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but but is not but is not going to invest in. I'm going to come see you every week. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think it would just we'll just kick around a bunch of stuff, and I like to keep it. You know, we'll, we'll touch on those points, but within those points, it can take on a different. You know, direction. Right. Yes. Yeah, right. Do you have any other, like, I wanted to ask you too, um, one of the things I like to ask teachers, and I always share on the pod is, is how, like, your your teaching has evolved. You know, like, is there a couple things that you find 
you know, over the last year or two, whatever, that maybe are a little different than how you saw it, you know, four or five years ago or 10 years ago, you know, and how you're you're, like, if you could share a couple examples of, gosh, you know, I, I find myself thinking more this way where maybe 10 years ago, I wasn't that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are always interesting nuggets Okay. because I have a lot of teachers that listen and they, they seem to really like the evolution discussion of a, of a teacher over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years and how you see it. Okay. Um, let me see a couple of things real quick. Uh, give me one second. Oh. Yep. Yeah, I think I might be able to. That works like this, and then if he doesn't work, I don't have that. Let me double check real quick. Yeah, he's not connected, so I'm not going to be able to see him. Yeah, well, I can. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Cool. All right. We'll go for like 30 minutes. Sure. All right. So let me, I'm going to write down this. All right, here we go. And joining me now from Texas, there he is, Dennis Sales. It's been a long time. Too long, man. How you doing? It has been. It's uh, It's been good. Uh, enjoying the holidays. Took a couple of days off, trying to. We do the facility here a little okay. bit, so uh, took a couple days facility. off. That's not like you. I mean, if I if I remember right, you're you kind of you grinding hard. I don't know. I mean, when when people want to help, you help them. Um, <laughs> you know, I had the holiday with Thanksgiving. My parents were in town. My dad is okay. a really smart guy with this stuff, so trying to take advantage of him being here for a few days. Um, yep. So I took some time off a little bit just so I can kind of hammer away at making the modifications and upgrades to the academy that I wanted to do. Yeah. You got a lot of, you got a lot of technology in the opener before I, I brought you in. I was mentioning yeah. your background in, um, you know, uh, gears, which I know is a very complex system and Sam Putt mm-hmm. lab. And, uh, you were one of the first, I think as TrackMan came out and we go way, we're going to go way back here, folks. And where I first met Dennis, I think was in a lot of the, um, golfing machine education days, which was, yeah. you know, pretty, Let's call it high tech at the time, you know, back in. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, back then, I mean, that, that, that yellow book was. Yeah. Very complicated. Very. <laughs> Good, very. but very complicated. Um, and I would think that a lot of people who kind of learned it then kind of understand, like, you know, he was way ahead of his time, even mm. though, like, some of the principles now are a little bit whacked out or wrong, yeah. or we want to call it. I don't want to start war there. But. Um, you know, but still, uh, I kind of look at it as some really interesting components yeah. that he kind of talked about, what he did, what he tried to put together, mm-hmm. right? And then I think, you know, another one would be uh, Mac and the Morad stuff, Yeah, mm-hmm. way ahead of his time, right? Um, you know, I, I like people who are trying to push yeah. the industry, even with their own ideas. Like, I, I like going to classes and seminars and things like that. I always go there, I empty up empty my cup up, fill it up, and then on the way home, what do I like, what do I don't like? 
mm-hmm. and, and kind of go about my day that way. And then, you know, I come back, got a lot of tools to play with and, you know, <laughs> kind of verify stuff. Right. You know, you know, I like it. If I don't like it, it would work. Yeah. Again, I, I think we would both agree that you might say something to a student that isn't actually factually correct, but I don't really care sometimes as long as I get the end result. Yeah. But this guy here, you see this guy swinging at all yesterday? Uh, a quick bit today, this morning, mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, I mean, for what his body has gone through <laughs> all over the years, like, that's pretty damn impressive. It is. Right? Uh, but I think his saving grace, though, is he's got unbelievably educated hands. Let's go back to the CGM, <laughs> yeah. right? Going back I think to the- kind of saving him. I don't think uh, a lot of amateurs could do what he could do with, you know, no. the way it is. Not even close. You know, I made a – I want to get your reaction to this. I, I made a statement about, uh, I don't know, probably a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I put up Tiger's swing from 2000 next to his mm-hmm. swing in 2013. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, I, I hope when Tiger we see him, he looks more like there, some of the foundational principles back when he was younger – Versus mm-hmm. when he got into the 2013 swing, which was very different. And and before he came on, I, I kind of made the point that I want to see Tiger where he's got some width. You know, he's always had, you know, Butch's principles. You know, he's got width away, you know, hands yep. away. You're, you're not going to see with Butch's guys, you know, Adam Scott built a swing around Tiger. Yep. You're not going to see that hand path diving inside and deep early. You're going to see width. You're going to see these players moving to the right. You know, when they, when you're going to see this early movement to the right, they're, they're turning, they're moving into their right side. You're going to see them stay tall, you know? And, and so to me, like those were the three. I, I want to see some width. I want to see them moving to the right. I want to see them stay tall. And then from there, go get it. You know, I mean, if, you know, the face is a little square or a little open or whatever, like Tiger can figure it out with his hands as he's done and, you know, over yeah. the years. And I figured, and I, and I felt like, honestly, you look at this, it's pretty good. It's probably a little shorter than he probably would like to see it. Yeah. But I think he'll lengthen that out with reps. I think he will too. It, it doesn't look like he's he's really going hard at it like he would right. on, on a golf course, right? I think he's poking it out there pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, you know, like I saw something, was a little quick video of him walking to the podium. And he had a very noticeable limp. Yeah. Um, I, I, you can see, like, in his body type, like, he's big up top. Mm-hmm. Like, in some of the videos, really small down below with the with the legs and stuff. Right. Like, my, 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 my curiosity is going to be is how does he handle walking and if he's going to go play some hilly golf course for – you know, four days in a row. How does he? How does he handle that? We know he's got the hands, mm-hmm. he's got the head. That hasn't lost anything. He's got the the motivation. I think the desire, the drive. I mean, why else is he still playing golf? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's, can his can he handle the golf course? Yeah, that, that, I would say like that's the, the the biggest thing is is can he handle the walk on the golf course? I, I'm sure, you know, if, if everybody took carts, he would. Since he already said that he he was not gonna he's right. not gonna drive. I mean, I think that would be a, a, a huge perk and benefit for him, right, to be able to, to use a cart. Um, but like I said, I, that, that's the first thing that I'd want to see, you know. Uh, no cut when he's playing, right? We'll see what he looks like on, on, on Sunday. especially On Sunday. Walk. Yeah, let's see what the walk looks like. 
you know, it's funny. I was looking at some video, Hero World Challenge 2009, 2010. I mean, he was much leaner, much yeah. leaner than what you're looking at right here. Mm-hmm. And all this is, all this, I think, is fairly planned out. I think Tiger, he knows he's got to, he's got to hit at a certain length, like to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there's the, the, the energy's got to come from somewhere. Yes. I think what you're seeing here this time around is, is, his upper torso and like just sheer strength, right? Like he's going to muscle it with yeah. his upper body more yeah. so than maybe what we were seeing back in 2000, 2009 and 10 when he, yeah. okay, he was a little leaner, and, mm-hmm. but he can move a little bit better than I think what obviously he can do now with the leg. So it, it's great to see. I want to, I want to, I want to ask you this here. I'm going to bring another guy. Okay. Cause this is a guy we haven't seen in a while either. Okay. And this is a swing that, you work with a lot of really good players, Dennis, and serious golfers um, that I watch your videos and you can tell like these, these people can play golf, right? Yeah. Will Zalatoris can play golf and he has, I mean, he could when he was young too, before yes, he went yes. to Wake Forest. And, and this is a swing, Dennis, that you, you watch the amount of side bend yes. to the right, right through there. Like you, you look at that and you're like, wow, I mean, really? And and we know that that can be problematic, right? Late yes. on the downswing. I want to ask you your thoughts on just side bend in general, and kind of how you you what are, what's the upside to it, and then how you manage it, say with your players. I mean, that's a great question. So so generally speaking, bend side bend need to match up a little bit. Okay. So where you are in forward bend and then the side bend component of it would be right around there, give or take a touch. Mm-hmm. From four to five, from P4 to P5, you'll start to see some golfers gain a little bit more forward bend than what they had in the backswing. You see that in gears. Uh, and then the right side bend continues to replace that. Okay, so real quick. So yeah. for my audience, P4. Top of the backswing, sorry. Top of the backswing. So P4 for the audience. So there's the top. Yeah. P5 and then P5 would, would be. Down parallel. Lead on parallel. I, the yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, so I can four to this, five, I didn't slow this. Yeah. Yep. You, you'll see. So from, I'll do it as I'm right. Right. So yep. Yep. top of the backswing. We've got to move this yep. guy a little bit. Right. So at the top of the backswing. Mm-hmm. P4, that would be P5. Yep. Right. Uh, I like the P down. system. It, it, it reduces the amount of conversations, right? All the words being used in a lesson. And then, it's very specific, so I can get right to the point in terms of what I'm looking for. So from four to five, you see a little bit more forward bend. Right? Uh, that That's kind of where you start to see, like, the, the trail glute staying back in the wall as they work, trying to get back uh, the lead glute on the wall. Okay? So they're going to get back into a little bit of that forward flexion piece, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of amateurs... Right from P4, they don't really understand the three-dimensional aspect of it. They forget to get back into flexion. They add too much rotation, okay? Um, so from four to five, you get a little bit more forward bend, and then you would start to see the right side bend replacing the forward bend. Right. right. And then you start to tilt a little bit. You have to look at some of how the arms are being used, right? The How the, the adduction, abduction of the lead arm and then the thrusting component of uh, the right arm, right? Um, to the equation. You'd have to start to look at, you know, how how is the pelvis in relation to the torso? How quickly are they moving that, right? Is there a base of support on the backside? Are they kind of firing the hips too far forward? The head is staying too far back, and there's no support. Then the head just continues to 
to move to the trail side. So if you start adding some some basis support to the equation, that sometimes mm-hmm. can help some people as well. So if we start to kind of get back and stop firing that thing back, you're going to get that pelvis going forward. You can have a lot of right tilting, and then you can start to see those players really um, start to come down the other one. That would worry me is that, oh, man, I, I know I should know the name, but I don't. Um, into the Masters. Played unbelievably well. Texas A&M, I think the kid is from Texas. That does that? That does crazy the easy side bend. Crazy in early transition. Yeah, like around yeah. um the heck is his name? He's from here. I can't think of his name. But he played he finished like top five, top ten in the masters a couple years ago. Okay. So so go back to real quick. So P four to P five, right? So that early so I'm I'm starting down. Yep. And one of the things in three D in the measurement of that upper center in lower center, you, mm-hmm. with those better players, you start to see those get back on. They start to line up, right? In as you well, start down. from four to from four to five, you'll see a little bit more. Like I don't ever. Well, here's something that I never really talk about. There are some things that I just keep to myself. Mm-hmm. When you look at gears, it, gears is going to give you three measurements: it's going to be the center of the shoulders, the center of the pelvis, and then the center of the rib cage. The center of the rib cage, with them, starts to lead a little bit early, and then everything else catches up. Mm-hmm. Right. So from P4, I'm always trying to get my players to feel like from four to five or from early four, you would start to kind of feel yeah. center of the rib cage start to lead I see. center of the shoulders and the center yeah. and everything else will start to kind of catch up a little bit. Yeah. But the idea for our audience, because this is a, this is a topic that Dennis and, and disagree with me if you feel different. But when I got into teaching 24, 25 years ago, like, you know, bump the hip. The hip yeah. kind of slides out, mm-hmm. lower center slides out, upper center's left behind, right shoulders working underneath. Lots of early side bend and, yeah. um, wow, like that was that's very so, different than what so we're so, discussion we're having right now. So uh, to me, this is probably going to ruffle some feathers, right? But I, I think the person who really revolutionized and got people to kind of see things for the way they are would have been is. Um, Andy Plummer. Yeah. Sack and tilt. And I yeah. think, unfortunately, a lot of people don't truly understand what sack and tilt is. Mm-hmm. Right? And it kind of gets a bad rap because of some of the pitchers. Um, but and I would say that in probably the debate and stuff of, like that, he changed all that stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the way – I think they did a wonderful job in the pelvis and the spine in, in defining how those things are moving in 3D mm-hmm. and understanding that your spine – your spine's moving. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, you know, I think when you tell a student that, like, I got to tell you what I want your spine to do. And, yeah. and they're like, well, wait a minute. Like, I thought my spine's supposed to, am I supposed to stay still and down? Like, well, yes, if you're not turning. Yes. But if you're turning more times than not, I've got to, I want to explain to them flexion and extension and side bend and, and, yeah. and how those things work because I need, I need them to understand you have too much of these movements and i need you now to take on more of these movements it becomes like a right and a blending but you have to understand the task right Right. and i think that's where you look at some of the forums and stuff like that people are always some some instructors you get different sides of the spectrum like oh you got to keep it simple Mm -hmm. it's not a simple motion though right Mm -hmm. it's a very complex motion that we are trying to simplify it but i would say that I'm, i'm trying to also educate my clients on what they're supposed to be doing in the golf swing so that they don't hurt themselves, 
later on in life or later on when you're at the highest level. Now we're going to go to try to change this. I think that's really hard to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I. So I'm going to. So when I watch Will this week, I'm I'm curious. I've seen some swings Mm -hmm. of his. I haven't seen it. I've seen some swings posted. uh, Troy Denton, his coach over the last, you know, he's been with him. I've seen some of his swings that he posts over the last couple months. And okay. and Will looks taller, and he looks – it does look a little different, but I want to see it from face on with the driver. You know, that's that's where I think, you know, are we going to see with Will, are we going to see any difference like in – this swing's too fast. I should have slowed it down. But are we going to see any difference from four to five yeah. to six? So when, when you start looking at that, that's where I would start looking – because correct me if I'm wrong, right? Um, I think – this might sound bad. I have nothing against the kids, so I'm gonna. I know sometimes well, I kind of just say things that are on my mind, and people yeah. kind of rub people the wrong way. I have nothing against them. Nothing against. Let it rip. I've got nothing against. Uh, you said Troy. take it out on me anyway, so don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> so, but I, you're gonna have to help me there because he's not one of my models, right? Yeah. He's not one of my models because I don't like that side bend stuff. Right? Yeah, it's a bit excessive. But correct me if I'm wrong, but he had a lot of curvature in the lumbar spine. Mm. Yeah. Head kind of really tall, right? Even the spine was extended. Isn't that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I would be curious to see his golf swing from face on, right? To see what the spine is already doing. Because again, if I've already got this extended and I've got my, my cervical spine extended, mm-hmm. right? I think he's unbelievable. But if you start to look at like hand eye coordination, and uh, foveal vision, right? Mm-hmm. Where my eyes are and how everything kind of transmits into my head to keep it simple. Golfers, we better serve kind of going back into the older generation, right? Where we kind of flatten out the lower lumbar spine and then up at the shoulders, like right around the cervical and the thoracic, we start to kind of round stuff out at the shoulder blade region, right? Instead of yeah. having the neck so extended, let that round a little bit more. Okay, so then my eyes are a little bit more looking at the golf ball through the center of my eye sockets. Then, in the back swing now, that makes it just a lot easier to kind of get into the extension and not overdoing anything. Right. So I think some of his early problems with that, and I think uh, he went someplace, did some 3D stuff, and they wanted him to get closer to the ball. I think that's what they said. Yeah, I think he went to um, I think he went to TPI. I think he yeah, did I go to TPI. Bring up Bates, so that's why I was like, he went yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he did. Um, and then he went closer. That was never going to fix anything. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, and this one's the Will's Altoris one's interesting to me. Um, on what's oh Sam Bennett? Let's see the other guy's name. Who? Sam. Oh Bennett. yeah, Sam Bennett. God, that's our phone. Like, I was like, I'm, I'm not sure if I ever. I'm not sure if I ever remember that. Don't think about it. It's like, oh yeah, Sam Bennett. Yeah. Sam, Sam, yeah, yeah, wow, that guy's that guy's Gumby. Yeah, but again, like, that's gonna eventually your facet joints are gonna wear out. Neiman, Joaquin. Yeah, but he's not a big dude. He don't hit yeah. really far. Yeah, I think he plays S four hundred. I don't think he swings the, the thing real far mm. or fast. He's <clears> still <throat> what? Yeah, early thirties, I think. Yeah, I'm fascinated. I, I want to see Will. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing. Well, we saw Tiger, which I think look. Yeah. Like there's a lot of good. Will's the one I want to see from face on. All right, let's move on. Okay, I want I want to talk about you. You brought it up earlier. A, a component in the swing that gets a, it gets kicked around a lot. Okay, and 
every swing is different, you know? And so these conversations are hard unless I show Dennis like a, a real swing and say, Dennis, here's the, here's the ball flight. Here's the miss. Here's the goal. Like then like, that's where the real assessment is, is because every swing is a little different, which I totally get. So, but just in general, like we're kind of going broad strokes here on some yeah. components. And so here's one with the lead arm. And this was interesting to me because that's Justin, I think, sophomore year at Alabama on the okay. left. And then that's Justin on the right earlier this year. And and so you look at that lead arm, and that's a pretty big difference in lead arm depth. Yes. And mm-hmm. so I just open it up here on, on lead arm depth real quick. Lead arm depth for our audience is, is the lead arm working around the body? Is the lead arm working up and down or is it working yeah. around the body? Yes. Upright versus just call it flat. Mm-hmm. And so as you look at lead arm depth, I mean, what comes to mind as you would talk to my audience about the importance of this particular component in a full swing? Um. I think, you know, when we start looking at, there's an aspect of, um, I'm just going to grab something real quick. Okay? Yeah. That many people don't quite grasp, and then it starts to relate to, and this is why I love gears, because gears is the only thing in the world mm-hmm. that that connects the body and the club. Okay? It doesn't do ball, but I got TrackMan, I got the GC Quad, whatever. Our boy Michael Neff, right? Yes, yes. No. Um one of the things when I'm looking at swings in general is, is okay, I do things backwards a little bit. Maybe we can get back to that later, okay? Yeah. Um, when we start looking at the elbow plane, so the elbow plane would be from the ball up the trail elbow all the way up, okay? Yep. At P5, lead on parallel on the downswing, when that arm, because I haven't seen JT swing, I did see practice station where that yeah that shaft like <laughs> yeah. crazy vertical yeah right um i would not put anybody that high because of the amount of forces that i got to be applied to the shaft generally speaking uh i haven't seen it yet and it could be the jt could be the the, the new guy that does it but when i start to see the deflection in the droop that's why i went and got club head right so i just got the alignment stick right so we look at this would be deflection, right? Mm-hmm. And then kicking it towards the target this way, mm-hmm. right? Sorry, that's deflection. Mm-hmm. This is droop. Yep. When you're above the elbow plane from four to five, you are an offender of the shaft. That shaft starts to act really wonkers in terms of lining it back up down at impact. So that would be the first thing. Like if I was a consultant to him, I'd be like, but you can't do that because it's going to make that shaft get really chaotic. Get On the way down. Yep. Get it deeper. Yeah, it's going to yep. get – because, again, he's coming in from a really steep position. Especially, yeah. I haven't seen it. So, right. And, again, to me, if you're going to be that high and you're going to move it, like why the hell would you want to go and do that? I think we would both agree, and I think most instructors would as well. Is that he was already there? I would never change that. And again, we're trying to make a golfing that has more simplistic pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a great one is Matthew Wolf. Like, how many Matthew Wolves are there, though? Right. Right. You know, you start to look at people more normal at the top versus, or even in backswing versus the ones that are 
outliers. Everybody seems, oh, look at the outlier, right? Yeah, that's one. How many? You're yeah. going to run out of people before I do. I'm going to start naming names of swings. Um, the amount of forces across the shaft get pretty wonkers. Mm. When you start looking at that stuff in gear, so that would be my biggest fear with him. You know, what's interesting is is so the high hands, mm-hmm. less lead arm depth on the right, as mm-hmm. for my for my audience just listening with JT versus yeah lower lower hands, still pretty fairly high. I mean, it's not they're not low, but you know, just left arm a little bit more around. And the shaft, you can see the shaft is still fairly structured. You can see yes. less of the face on the high hands because yes. of because of the height of the left arm. But what's really interesting is then you go to Minwoo Lee, and I didn't load his swing, and I should have because I I struck a chord with a lot of people, including a lot of teachers. Um, and 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 I I, I posted a picture, Dennis, of of Minwoo Lee on the left, mm-hmm. and it looked it looked oh, like JT. Okay. Yeah, it looked like JT on the left. It, it, he had some lead arm depth. Yeah. His shaft, the shaft was pretty damn close to that, to be honest with you. Yes. It looks almost okay. And then, and so now recently, Minwoo, who's playing phenomenal, lead arm is much higher and the shaft's laid off. It's laid yeah. off, the shaft. Yeah. And so his coach, Richie, uh, in, in Australia, who I don't know and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get on, mm-hmm. and we have some mutual friends, and, and, I, and, and one of the, my friends, actually walked with Richie last week in Australia PGA. Okay. And he said, and Richie kind of made the comment. He's like, look, he says, technically, you know, when he was Minwoo you know, five, six years ago, I mean, was like so good. Like it just, mm-hmm. it was just awesome to look at and watch, right? And then he kind of got going on this little more upright and the shaft kind of got laid and, and, and yep, but he was hitting it good, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you just kind of go with it. And so it's like, technically, you know, to my eye and to what I, you know, we all have preferences. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't as good, right, as as it was, but yet the ball striking was better. So as a coach, you have, there's give and take and you you kind of, when do you push back? When do you don't? And those that. kinds of things. And, and so like, man, that just caught wildfire because oftentimes you'll see that lack of lead arm depth, that shaft can get point and left in a hurry. Yeah. Um, I think that's where like, gears would come into play right um i know neff did some stuff with smiley kaufman i think his name because somebody Mm -hmm. sent it to me on um on twitter to to because i posted something about deflection and droop and um he's the titleist guy he won the match play a few years ago out in austin um I drafted a lot of trivia trivia questions. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what his what his name is. I'm bad with names. I'm okay, so you try. Oh, so he won the match play. Um, he's a title of staff player. He's been really struggling. I know Neff and uh, Smiley Coffin and uh, they talked Morikawa about. Morikawa won the match play. Uh, it wasn't uh, him. Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel. Yeah, there you go. Uh, like he he lost his cup. Yeah, and then. Um, Neff started asking him some questions, long, you know, story short, started asking him some questions, put him on gears, and found that I think it was all his short clubs were uh, too upright for him and that he was puring his four iron. He measured the dynamic line in the four iron, and then he kind of bent everything else. And then uh, suddenly Billy's like, he's hitting it freaking really good. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's the same thing that Neff is talking about. 
um, is something that I saw a while ago because I love Jack and Rel with gears. Like I, like when I first got it, um, to be honest with you, I got annoyed, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was going to give me answers and it created more questions than questions, it did answers. Yep. So I was like, Jesus, so I got to do more stuff. So, I mean, yeah. when I first got the system and I had it at the place that I was working at before, uh, but now that I had my own, like I, I was at my place in Flower Mound, um, probably until three, four in the morning, just jacking around with stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, I got this. Let me try this. Let me do this. Let me do this. I give me left-handed, right-handed, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I saw that too, right? So um, when you start looking at, you know, it's going to be a little bit off tangent, but since you're talking about teachers being on here. Yeah. I can't stand stupid soft shafts with clubs with no loft. Hate that. Um, Those shafts that I keep measuring are wonkers, so inconsistent. Put a really nice stable shaft in and give the guy loft. Mm. Okay. Uh, I wish the manufacturers would go back to that. Okay. Uh, If I had a magic wand, that'd be the first thing that I would do. Okay. Um, The next thing that needs to go away is that you cannot have that progressive lie-based system that we have. Long clubs have uh, more bend, short clubs don't. My clubs are all very different, right? Uh, I want to enhance certain shots with certain clubs, right? I want to see things. So my lie angles have kind of just fluctuated a little bit just so I can make sure that I see a certain shot in a certain mess. Yeah. Uh, so I've gone through every one of my clubs, basically what I do, with my players as we go through uh, all the clubs and we stop bending and tweaking stuff so that the lie angle is pretty flat. Mm-hmm. I think that's a necessity. Mm. Let's see if you start to see like one player, like short irons going more left, long yep. irons. That's the first thing I would start jacking around with. Yeah. I heard Horschel say that. And so that was Neff that kind of lined them out yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you. So you brought up the technology and you know, in, in gears, like I, I can understand what you're saying. Like when you, cause I've been on gears and I've done training with gear in, in like all of a sudden you're walking out of there like, Oh my God, like I, do I even know what I'm doing? You know, how, do I even know how to teach the right? Cause there's so many things circulating in your head that you're learning yeah. from gears and cause it measures so much stuff. And, yeah. and so as you've gone through this in the full swing, has, has your view on certain movements changed over the years? Would you say? Um, yep. like, you know, do I, gosh, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I felt kind of this way, but now I feel a little more this way. Is there any examples that you've kind of evolved as a teacher? Yeah. Uh, the rib cage piece of it. Okay. It's a big one, right? Um, a really nicer understanding of that early extension pieces, mm-hmm. right? Uh, lower body as well. So, mm-hmm. um, I went, to K-Vest, God, like, I think that was the first thing I had. I think I was, like, late, early 30s, so that was, like, mm-hmm. almost 20 years ago, right? Um, or 15, whatever it was. Like, mm-hmm. that, that was when Tony Morgan at K-Vest had his own little indoor place and in, in a racquetball place. Yeah. And that's where I went for my training, right? So that started getting me with K-Vest body stuff, right? Yep. Uh, back then, I don't even remember the velocity stuff that, that oh, yeah. pure launch. So even oh, yeah. back then, uh, I had their, uh, pressure plates. Arizona right. company, Arizona yeah. company. Velocity. I had the pressure yeah. plates way, yeah. way back then. Right. Yeah. Um, so had that, that first big blocky track man thing that you had a super. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So yeah. I've always loved that stuff. 
right? Mm -hmm. I've always loved diving into it. And then when I got to Texas, you know, John Sinclair, really smart dude when it comes yep. to 3D, started, mm -hmm. he started teaching me, you know, the stuff that he understood with AMM, right? That started to get the legs involved and things along that nature. But uh, AMM, unbelievable system, but never did anything with the clock, mm -hmm. right? And um, a, a good story, I won't mention other teachers who were involved, but you know, they were doing some stuff and the player had gone there because they couldn't hit a draw. John, uh, because the AMM, there's a sensor in the club, all of a sudden you know, the player, the girl was able to draw it. And John and the coach were talking as John, you know, John was telling me, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, draw every ball. Yeah. He's like, what? Like he never drew, like, drew every ball. I don't know what to tell you, every ball drew. Mm -hmm. And they ended up just uh, back waiting the club and she hit draws. Right. So just, it's just fascinating. You start, you know, stop playing with the technology. You stop measuring stuff. You start yeah. seeing things, your eyes to, um, video get better. Yeah. Right? Uh, I have become more organized with my patterns, mm. right? Where, um, you know, when I had Scott Cox at my place, uh, God, like five, six years ago, he kind of helped me kind of like, holy shit. Then it was like, I just gotta, I gotta get organized to make sure that I don't cross pollinate. Yeah. Right? So I have all my flow charts for the different swing patterns. I don't know if you looked at that dumpy flow one that I had before with the kid throwing a dart. Yep. So I got my dumpy flow pattern. These are the drills. This is what I should be looking for. This is the constant radius pattern, blah, 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 yeah. blah, right? So I have all these patterns that I teach. I would say that's what has evolved me, right? Uh, you go back to when I was in Rhode Island, like, it was always like everybody's got to be a constant radius pattern. You got to adjust the constant radius pattern, right? Even though I saw these other pieces, they didn't quite understand it. But now the organization aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I spent some time with Scott Cox. He was really good. Andy Plummer kind of helped out quite a bit as well. A lot of the organization components to it. So the mm -hmm. organization aspect is, is spectacular. I think the other thing that I used to kind of, and I think we all did, right? Was you, you see that player in front of you, he's got kind of like a quirky move. Right, you want to play in a tournament and kind of loses it a little bit, and then I would say like probably like the biggest thing for me, they lose it in a tournament, and then you know we all gravitate. Oh my God, it's that quirky move. If we fix that quirky move, mm -hmm. it's good. He'll be fine. But then he gets back in your place. You go play golf with him on the golf course. It's like lace it, lace it, lace it, and it's like it ain't the swing. Right, it's the mind. Right. So John was big into the psychology piece and things like that. He got me into Dr. Deborah Graham, things like that. That really helped me. So when I see that quirky golf swing and I'm looking at the track mandator, mm -hmm. right? And you start to look at the standard deviations, like, holy shit, this thing is stupid good. Yeah. You start to look at the 3D and gears, like, damn, this thing is stupid good. That all of a sudden, you start to understand motor patterns, like, that ain't changing that much right. when they're playing golf. It might feel like it is. The rates and the tempo would be, but that then the rates and the tempo of things changing it's more about the mind having nerves, fear, and anxiety. So you're going to have to teach that player how to handle those pieces mm -hmm. versus trying to just change that because they're still going to have those same nerves and anxieties that it's still going to show up in another pattern. Yeah. So I would say like, that's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to, there's, there's a lot to chew on in there, right? As you, as you assess a player and Everything. you're, yeah, like you're assessing a player and then then you want to move them in the right direction, right? Yeah. And as you move them in the right direction, like only 
12 to 15 percent of the population really then wants to be right there with you in that studio and in here with me and my and, and really grind and, and go after it. Mm-hmm. Because the other 85 percent, they want to learn, but they're not going to invest the time and the money and they don't have for whatever reason, they're just not going to do it. Right. But they but they like golf. They want to get better at golf and and they want to watch your videos. Yeah. You know, like you, you want them like you don't want to just say, hey. This is one of the things that I have a hard time with teachers. You don't want to just say, hey, either you invest in your game and you come see me and we get going on a program or nothing. <laughs> like, well, you can't just shut them off because yeah, – you know, like, Yeah, I don't think you can shut them off. You can't shut them right? off, no. I, I think that's silly. And again, like that's what makes the world turn, right? right. We're all different. The yeah. amount of time we have, the financial resources we have. I mean, you get some club golfers that I have that are just – Trying to shoot in the 80s more than they are in the 90s. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. So when you're assessing them, right, or when I'm assessing them, I'm assessing every aspect and then what is the lowest hanging fruit, right? Right. And a vast majority of time, what they want, they don't need, and what they need, they don't want. <laughs> and that's the goal of the assessment is what I tell mm-hmm. people. Like when somebody calls me, hey, you know, I'm kind of thinking about taking some lessons for you. I'm kind of looking around, blah, 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 and it's just like, you know, what are your lessons revolve around? What would you do? Like, but you're on the phone. I don't know anything about you. Come on, in my honest opinion. Just schedule an assessment. We're going to come in. We're going to do putting. We're going to do short game. I'm going to do the swing. I'm going to do the 3D. I'm going to look at your specs, your clubs, right? And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to think. And then depending on what you're looking for, right, I'm going to yeah. give you a timetable. Like, hey, I don't have a lot of time. Okay, it's going to take us a year. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of time. Right? Oh, probably three to six months. This is what you would have to do, right? And then these are all priorities, right? Because, again, if we're at an apple orchard and you and I are dying for an apple, we're not going to sit here and try to figure out how we get that apple way at the top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to yeah. eat these, and as we're eating these down here, we're like, hey, you know something? We can go from that tree to that tree. It's going to take us a little while to get there. And I think that's what you do. I think that's what assessments yeah. do is that it prioritizes the player's pieces so it stays organized. So when they yeah. do go to the range, they're not trying to go and always get that apple that they're never going to see because they won't stick to the task long enough because that apple is going to take 12 months to do and they're never going to get there so you, you pick other pieces to the equation that's how i would look at it I mean, that's how you yeah, help I that like, golfer who's, yeah, who's not no, as that 10 percent guy that's fine yeah 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 i, I like that i i find myself really thinking a lot about communicating to the 85 percent. like i feel like that's kind of where i've built my business like i work with a lot of serious golfers too yeah. and have trained them and you know all that at all levels but I think the bringing concepts to the table, talking about them, making them probably practical and, and some low-hanging fruit and how that fits in the bigger equation, I, I think I find is, is like where you're growing the game. You know, it's that 85%. It's yeah. not the, the, 15, the 15 that are spending money on their game. They're here. Like they're in it. You yeah. know, it's that other 85 that you're trying to – you want to bring them along. Is at their again, pace that's, as that's much as you the, can. The education piece, right? Because again, yeah. you, you and I both know, you know, those guys are coming in. Oh, I need this. I need this. I just yeah. got to do this better. It's like, you know, if you were right, you wouldn't be here. Right. Right. <laughs> that's right. Just, yeah. just a little FYI. If you knew what you were supposed to fix, you would have fixed it by now and you wouldn't be in front of me. So how about you just listen to what I have to say and let's, let's apply those concepts. Right. Um, and again, for those guys, they're just inundated with, crazy concepts of what they have to do, right? What they think they need to do. And 
far off end. They are so far away from their root cause or main priority yeah. that they would never fix it anyways. And that's what I try to explain to you. Like, Fred, like yeah. if you are on the right path and you're doing the right drills, you'll fix it. Mm-hmm. If, if you're not doing the right drills and you're on the wrong path, you're never going to fix that aspect of it. Right. right? Um, you have to unwind yeah. it. You have to unwind it. And every, <laughs> every pattern, there's some patterns that are easy to unwind. There yeah. really, there's just some fixes that are easier. And, and, some that are not. and, and then, there's some that are not. And you have to unwind it down to the point where, look, if we want to weed this out and make these wires not cross and you don't want to early extend anymore and you don't want to clank it on the toe anymore, like there's a there's some stuff that has to happen before that. And and so let me help you unwind that and then put it in the right order for you. And yeah. that's the that's the art of teaching. Now, I got a video here. That I got off your web, I got off of your uh, Instagram at Dennis Sales Golf. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter. First part of the takeaway. Listen to this. Take it inside. Turns with my body from there. Full turn to the top. I hold my left side. I don't want to lose my left side. And then the first move from the downswing will then be my left hip goes straight back. Straight down that thing. I don't want it to sway. So I want it to go straight back, which then sets the club and from there. Turn and hit and pass the ball. So what's that one all about? You um you posted that, right? What's 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 going on there? What do you like about that? I think he's I think this is the thing that golfers struggle with the most. Perfect okay. example. If you've seen the other videos that I've posted on him, the hip isn't going straight back. He's got quite a bit of slide. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Okay. So I think a lot of times golfers, they struggle with that because they want their feel and reel to be the same, mm-hmm. right? There's no calibration to the equation. Like I, I work on, I have my feels and I'll tell people like, I'm going to feel this. When you look at that swing, it ain't going to be anything like it. What I like about it is explaining what he is doing and some of what he is doing you know, in the real swing to what he's demonstrating is not the same, but there are, I don't know him. I don't know his coach or anything, what they're doing, right? But I think he's got a lot of really nice pieces in the golf swing, oh, right? Yeah. Specifically the slide. And he has got a, a concept, right, that allows him to deliver the club, right, that would revolve around the fundamentals of the game, mm-hmm. right, uh, which would be contact, controlling the distance, and predicting the curve, Right. And then he's got his grip, stance, polish, and alignment that are variables that go inside with that help him do those other three pieces, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I am fascinated because I still don't quite, I kind of guess kind of get it. When he talks about holding the left side back, my only thing would be is that he's not trying trying to feel like it's not turning so fast Yeah, would be the only thing. Like he's trying to feel like that lead arm is going to kind of rip off his chest mm-hmm. without that hip spinning because when that hip you know, that lead hip starts to kind of move back and you haven't unloaded the arm, kind of get that spinning look. And then you got P6 where the handle's too high, too far back behind the body. You know, that might be an interesting one because you kind of see him kind of, you know, pulling that arm down. Yeah. And that hip isn't doing anything. That would be like my thought process to really in golfing machine releasing four and one. Yeah. Right. So that, that would be my thinking. I think he explains what he's trying to do as a whole bet you he's not even coming close to seeing uh, or yeah. thinking about all those pieces when he plays. But I think that there's got to be in swing mechanics. It's got to be way more analytical, way more technical um, than it is just swinging away 
always really fast. Like I, I got a video that I posted that um, Brandon Roby took of him. Um, and, and, and you just see like the, in the rehearsals, right? And you see, it, it does work a lot with the power package, right? With the wrist, but he's sitting there like really exaggerating the follow through piece. And then he goes and hits it and you kind of right. see that entirely. But it was just like that whole process, right? Working up to it really slowly, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to create this feel that he doesn't even come close to doing. Mm-hmm. But I would have to imagine that when you're there with his, when he's with his coach, that those are the rehearsals that they're trying to do because ultimately it's about understanding what you're trying to do and then trying to get to where you want to be in the real swing. And I think that they're pretty happy with that. I would assume. Yeah. I know he works on it constantly because he's, you see a lot of that stuff with the, the power package. You see a lot of the swing plane stuff with him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he's, he, he grinds quite a bit on his golf swing. Um, yeah. Feeling real or different from, and, and that gap can be large. And I think that's the where I wanted to go with this for, for students who, look, this winter, maybe you're going to work on some things. And maybe you're doing it long distance with me or Dennis or someone else or, or you're in the studio with someone. And, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to – I want to fix this part of my game. And, mm-hmm. and there's some things that have to happen I know technically that I've got to rewire. Yes. And so as you go down that journey, you understand what it is that you're doing and then understand what it is that you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I think as you as you go down that path, like that gap of what you feel like you're trying to do in the new might need to be exaggerated. And for a lot of you, it might need to be really exaggerated because you're so ingrained the other way. That's what I think golfers really struggle with. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. You want me to do that? No, not really. You'll never do that. Right. And I have like tons of videos. Like I got one with Tiger. Like he's sitting there going. Yeah. Right. right. I was just, that's what I was thinking of. Do that, but yeah. all that craziness allows him to maybe not go a half an inch. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny. And, and, and as a coach, I think as a coach, and this is where working with different levels of players, and this is what I want to finish up with you today on mm-hmm. different levels of players. Like you have PGA tour players, LPGA tours, you have professionals, you have super low handicapped amateurs, you have, uh, mid handicaps into your average players into the new golf, right? Like you have all these different levels of players. And, and so like you go down this path and, and let's say you deem, okay, we're going to, we're going to work on some technique at any level, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, these guys up here are making changes and they're working on technique. Yeah. These men at the highest level, just like the, the new player in the mid handicap. Well, they prop, they need more technique. I mean, their technique is their skill set is lower. They need better technique so they can elevate the ceiling, yeah. and develop more skill. But regardless, as you go down that path, like that feel and real component can be the same, like as far as the gap and, mm-hmm. and, and how much as a teacher do you want to push that development of that student depends upon A, probably the goals of that student and B, how fast they want to go and mm-hmm. C, tournament competition. Hey, we're getting ready to do this. Let's not, let's not take on all that right now, you know? Yeah. And so the application becomes so different, right? And and mm-hmm. and when you might push on the pedal a little bit with a PGA Tour player versus a five handicap, mm-hmm. five handicaps like, hey, I'm just playing in my club here. I'm not. I don't have a tournament for a month. Let's let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so you might get in there and you might push hard. Like let's go, let's go, let's grind. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna show you a number of things, and then I want you to video and send it to me. Where with with the tour player, you might just 
hey, we're going there. We're, it's out there. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to it when we get to it, you know, and you'll let them steer the ship. It's it, the art of it's so different, you know, but that feel and real aspect, man, you've got to, you've got to get the student to understand that, right? What that is. And then you got to get them to own it. Yes. And if you, and if you can do that, and if they take the accountability and they know what that gap is and they own it, man, off you go. And I think like you, you kind of, you kind of brought up some great points, right? Uh, as it relates to the tour players, I hate this wraparound season thing. Everybody needs an off season. Every other mm-hmm. sport has an off season. Totally agree. Time yep. to, to recuperate, get yep. your body to heal back up, and then got to make some changes. I need time to make the changes so I can get back into it. Um, but as it relates to like even even changes with that that uh, the five handicap there that's got you know, a term in a month, right? Kind of getting into the winter season. This the winter season is, is the perfect time to sort of take change to the technique. Now, I think a lot of tour players get it. I think a lot of elite-level amateurs get it. And when I'm working on technique, my mindset is so focused someplace else in this golf swing mm-hmm. that I have very little brain power on impact, hitting it solid, controlling the face-to-pow, right? That I think, like, the biggest problem with a lot of golfers, right, is that their dopamine, right, what gets them all fired up about golf, is more about when they hit it and hit it good. They could make a quirky golf swing as hell and happen to line everything up at impact and be like, look how good that was. And it's like, dude, every star in the solar system just lined up. You ain't never doing that again, mm-hmm. right? That when they're facilitating the change to the swing, this is where I try to educate my students, mm-hmm. is that your dopamine isn't on the shot. Right. And your ability to move from four to five to six in a very specific manner. And we have to continue to use video. So if we're trying to feel, you know, three, four, five, six, sweet spot more behind the hands, right? Right. And you rehearse it and you rehearse it and then you kind of punch one out to it because no matter what I'm going to do in a, in a swing change, there's always a length of a swing. Where do we have to go? If we have to focus on P4, then we're going to get to four. And then there's always got to be a velocity of the swing. Because we've got to create a new neural pathway. As we're doing that, we can't send a really strong signal because it's going to blow up because there's really no myelin that's wrapped around it. So we can't handle it. So we've got to kind of punch something out there. That as we're trying to do that, we've got to exaggerate it. And then the second you hit that ball, because you got to activate the camera. i got JC video. you got to activate the camera. So there's got to be some sound to the equation. And we just can't make a practice thing because the, how the muscles fire and the joints are going to rea- be way different. So we've got to hit something. Mm-hmm. Then we've got to look at the video. But a lot of times, even then, like at the beginning, it's like, oh, my God, I hit that bat. It's like, but I don't really care. Right. Stop. Yeah. Like there are times in here where I'll shut off the – if I'm using the track manager, GC, I'll shut that thing up, and all we have is either the gears on, and then all we have is uh, the JC video. And then the second I start doing that for certain golfers, all of a sudden they start to give me more feedback based on what they felt. They start paying more attention to the video versus just the stupid numbers. Yeah. Right? And that if you felt like, but, but coach, like I felt that club way back then. Yeah, but it didn't. Right. So exaggerate it even more. You want me to exaggerate it even more, but I'm going to, but I'm going to put the club. No, you're not even close to putting the club there. Mm-hmm. How about we just try to put the club there and let's hit a swing and let's see if we can do it. And then I'll get in there and I'll be like, like, watch first swing. Boom. And I'm like, okay, now what do you want me to say? You want me to go in and then across hard? All right, watch. And they're like, because that's all I'm paying attention to. I could care less about the contact. I, I need more shots 
for me to put the rest of the pieces to that pattern together. Yeah. But right now, I want to be able to do that, and I want to look at the dang video, and I want to make sure that I change the picture. And they're like, okay, oh, I did it. Okay, wow, that did not. All right, well, that's what I got to keep doing. Mm-hmm. Then I got to make that weird feeling feel normal. There comes in the repetition. Yeah. But when the student leaves, that becomes then the biggest dilemma is they're not using video enough or practice stations, right, to be able to replicate that learning environment. And that's where the big discrepancy becomes with those like mid-high handicap golfers where they're not following the plan that they would, you know, in a studio like yours and I's, right, Mm -hmm. where we're forcing them to do certain stuff. You have no choice. This is what you're doing for the next (laughs) hour, right? And then (laughs) you're already laughing, right? Because we can facilitate that change. And then we're hoping like, hey, listen, these are all the tools. This is what you need to do tomorrow. This is your exercises. This is the reps that I need you to do. This is how you got to use the camera. This is what you're looking for. You've got to give, they've got to have some ownership. But at the beginning, the million dollar question is, is can you trust them enough with the ownership aspect of it? Or do you need to kind of get them, hey, listen, I need you to come in here. You don't need a lesson for me. You need some structure, right? Join the coaching program. I'm going to have a few people out here. You can be able to ask me some questions. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to go put you in my Megza, right? Yeah. I'm going to make sure that every rep you take, you're going to have video and you're going to have your Megza in there. Here's your station. Every rep you have, you're going to make sure that we are all what we just left with. Right. The more you can stay there, the faster you'll be able to facilitate that change. I think a lot of golfers, I think that's the missing link. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. And, and it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of people might be, you know, kind of looking to take that on a little bit, you know, maybe through the winter. Um, it's the perfect time. Yeah. Right. You know, there's a lot more indoor golf now in studios like ours that you can, you can maybe take a lesson from. And, um, and there's a lot you can do at home. You start going home and start doing some of this training stuff at home. You can movement training without a ball and, and quantifying the difference between the old swing, uh, And, and the new swing. So good stuff, man. We could, we could go on for, uh, <laughs> we could go on for hours, right? On, uh, on, on all this stuff. But, uh, we covered some ground there and I, I appreciate, uh, your insight on, uh, on your journey, which I know, uh, you've been at it for a long time and, and uh, having a lot of success there, uh, in Texas. So I appreciate the time, Dennis. Hey, man. No problem. Thank you for having me.